Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 630 Chan Inside Sports. Thank you for the leopard, Angie. Maybe one more before we go home tonight. Oil Kings in Winnipeg. It's 2-2 with three and a half minutes left in the second period. In the NHL, Ducks and Flames scoreless with three minutes left in the first. Panthers and uh, Panthers and Blackhawks, I should say, in overtime, tied 3-3. The Page playoff seeding games at the Briar. It is Botcher and Dunstone. Oh, Botcher just scored. So Botcher goes up 3-2 after 9, and Gushu and McEwen shook hands after 8 ends because Gushu was ahead 9-3. So he'll get uh, one of the top two seeds for the Page playoff coming up tomorrow. Oilers and Leafs tomorrow on 6.30, Chad. Should be another good one, 3.30 for the face-off show, and the puck will drop at 5. Looking forward to that one. Okay, I am happy to welcome... Our next guest to the show, he is an Olympic gold medalist from 2004 in Athens in the floor exercise. He was a uh, two a double gold medal winner at the 2006 Commonwealth Games, also got a bronze medal at those games, and uh, numerous other championships at the national and international level. Uh, he's probably modest, but I do not hesitate to call him one of Canada's greatest gymnasts of all time. It is Kyle Schufelt checking in. Kyle, you're on with Reed. How are you doing? Hey, Reed. I'm amazing. How are you? I am doing very well. I hope you don't mind the intro, but i got to give your credentials for context. Well, I'm just dusting off my shoulders here, man. <laughs> Thanks so much for that. Yeah, it's uh, been a long time since I was a competitive athlete. It's always nice to, to hear of those accomplishments I had. Sometimes I forget. Well, I, I want to ask you about that because, uh, I mean, people know your name if they follow sports or the Olympics to, to any degree. But, I mean, as you, as you move through your life, you do other things. And I do want to talk about that. When you're asked about things or about memories, are you reluctant you try to deflect you get tired of it or do you say hey at least i'm known for something and you dive in and tell the stories <laughs> no i'm i'm very proud of all of my accomplishments i can remember being a young boy starting gymnastics and having the olympic dream and wanting to go to the olympics and proclaiming that i wanted to do that and sometimes i have to pinch myself i'm a calgary boy you know i was born and raised in calgary and my parents were hard-working people and they volunteered at my gymnastics club and i had a great coach and i was able to really live live out my dream dream so i do feel very very proud of that it does feel like a whole nother lifetime ago though um looking back i i sometimes will watch a youtube video with my seven-year-old daughter and i'm like oh my god i did that that's crazy <laughs> what i could do uh, well what are you up to these days what's keeping you busy so I own a gymnastics center in Calgary, and I opened that in 2013, so we're coming up on our 10-year anniversary, and it's a recreational-focused facility, so we're really focused on the grassroots of sport. That's where my passion lies. I love the elite and the high performance. That's amazing, but really, at the end of the day, I find I can make the biggest impact. 
Poland area. So doing that, and then I do sports broadcasting as well, like you. Um, but I do the gymnastics and uh, trampoline commentary for CBC Sports. Which I have heard you do, and you and you do great at that. And good for you for for working with the next generation of athletes. And because that, that's one thing I always hear, Kyle. Uh, and and look, Canada's come a long way. I think in the last twenty or thirty years. Like, like I don't think we're just just a hockey nation anymore. But that's the one thing I always heard is that we 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 didn't in some of the other sports like we didn't have the coaching or the mentorship right we didn't have that that high end mentorship and and now it's like it's great to hear someone like you who, who was a champion now you're you're working with the next generation of people because they think they need sort of that guidance and that spark right yeah absolutely and i see our facility when when i opened my vision was to create a space where kids could fall in love with gymnastics and could fall in love with sport and if i do have a child that comes through the doors of our facility that shows that potential to go to a competitive level, I actually pass them off to another gym in the city. So we're kind of a feeder. And, you know, I think we'll have some future Olympians. They aren't going to be training in our facility at that high level, but they're going to come through our doors and we're going to introduce them to sport. And I think there's a lot of value to that. I, I gotta, yeah. Sorry, I, I got to ask you about something else. And look, um, I am not a gymnastics expert, but I watch I, I know all the maneuvers have names. To me, I yeah. just call them all very difficult. Um, but you had a vault named after you. H- how does this happen? And how do you come up with something so unique? They're like, we actually got a name at the shoe felt. <laughs> yeah. So gymnastics has a, a great legacy um, where if you're an athlete who performs an element for the very first time out of anyone in the world at a world championships or an Olympic Games, then you get that element named after you. Now you can do it at World Cups and different meets, but you have to submit it to the international governing body. And then if you do it successfully with a limited amount of deductions, they give it your namesake and then it lives in what's called the code of points and that's the rule book and it gets a value and then now when people do what I did it's called the shoe felt so it's a vault it's a round off like a cartwheel onto the springboard you land backwards you do a back handspring over the vaulting table you push off and you do a backflip with a straight body position with two and a half twists and I was the first one to ever ever perform that and I did that at the 2000 Olympic Games okay which I believe you were quite young when you went to uh uh, and then I, I think so. Okay, I think you you have a Commonwealth gold in vault, and I think you just missed the podium in the vault in the Olympics. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. So at the 2002 and 2006 Commonwealth Games, I ended up winning the title on the vault, and then um, at the Olympic Games in 2004, I ended up placing fourth on the vault. So it was one of my best events, one of the okay. events that I really love to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did you feel about the judging? Were you ever like, come on? I nailed that. You know what I mean? (laughs) Well, you know, uh, there was a controversy in 2004 at the Athens Games, and I ended up coming fourth, and the gentleman that came third was a great friend of mine, Marion Dragulescu from Romania, but he ended up falling on his second vault. So there was a bit of corruption happening in the judging. And at the time, as an athlete, I really didn't want to ruffle feathers. It's really hard. You just go out there and you do your job. But now being removed from that, almost 19 years removed from that, I've had a lot of time to reflect. And what happened was wrong. The judges cheated, and they gave a score that was impossible to him. And so now I do advocate for strong, uh, fair judging that is athlete-centered, and that really puts the athletes first. I, I have zero tolerance for any judging that is corrupt and that isn't correct. So, okay, so did you ever find out why they, they did that? Like, was it like the this figure skating thing that happened with Celine Pelche? Was it a, a comparable or what happened? So what happened was... 
was, uh, we really don't have the answer. There wasn't anybody that, you know, divulged information. And we only had a short window of time to do the investigation into it. And when it did come, push came to shove, we could have t- taken it to the court of arbitration for sport, but I chose not to. And the reason I chose not to was because it was going to cost a lot of money. It was going to be some upwards of $50,000 to just go fight it. And it was already done. And I didn't want the focus to be on me losing a bronze medal. I wanted to be on the history that was made with my Olympic title on the floor. It was the first ever gold medal for Canadians. So I wanted that to be the focus. Now, going back in history, I don't have regrets, but I would change that. I would have fought harder um, for the justice for athletes. Gymnastics has a, um, it's a great sport. It's a beautiful sport, but the judging side of it sometimes at that high international level, you know, it can, there can be a bit of politics and a bit of games. And, um, so I, I, I like transparency, and I, I know that it is getting better, but um, I don't know exactly what happened on that day, but I have my suspicions that there were some meetings that happened the day before saying, you know, Marion's getting a medal on that no matter what. Oh, man. That's tough. Well, thanks for, for sharing that. Okay, and I think I, mi- so I think I missed some of your medals. I only gave your 06 Commonwealth medals. What did, so what did you win in 02? So in 2002, it was in Manchester, and I won a gold on the floor, a, a gold medal on the vault, and then my team, uh, we came second. So three medals at that at that game. Okay, and then three more in 06. So you got a lot of Commonwealth Games medals. I do. Which is a good transition that... Now, look, to, to summarize the story, Edmonton and Calgary are, are looking into the Commonwealth Games for 2030, kind of a joint bid. You know, in your role as, as an athlete and what you do now... Um, Tell us what you think about this bid, and well, if you if you do support it, if you don't, you can also say that. But why you think it might be a good idea, or maybe not a good idea, to try to get the games in Alberta? I am all about getting the games in Alberta, and it's it's a Calgary bid, it's an Edmonton bid, it's for the First Nations communities. It will be incorporating them, and also like all areas of the Bull Valley. So this isn't this is a full Alberta bid that we are exploring at this point and it's not a done deal and you know I'm I'm a taxpayer I understand I want to see the numbers I want to see if this makes sense but I do think it's a great opportunity for investment I think that there are some facilities within Calgary and Edmonton that you know we paid for in 78 for the Commonwealth Games and in Calgary in 88 that needs some updating, needs some upgrades. And this is an opportunity to get some provincial funding for that. It just doesn't have to come from just the municipalities. You know, in Calgary, we desperately need a field house. We don't have that. This could be an opportunity to do that. There also could be an opportunity to build the train line between Calgary and Edmonton. It's not just about sport. This is about community. This is about infrastructure. This is about uh, culture and arts. Commonwealth Games are not just uh, an 11-day sports event. You know, it is a party. Let me tell you, I have partied hard at the at, at all the different games. But it goes beyond that. And I think in Alberta, we've really shown that the legacy of the games that we make the investments in lasts for decades after. You know, we still have Commonwealth Stadium in in Edmonton that's being used, and that was built in 78. So in Calgary, we have McMahon Stadium. We have Canada Olympic Park, which is now Windsport, that are still being used. So we do it right. We we aren't just flashing the pen. I've been to those games. I hate them. They make me feel disgusting. When I was in Rio, I was looking around at all these big giant venues that were built that I knew were going to be crumbling a year later, would never be used again. That's not the way to do it. But in Alberta, we have innovation. We have foresight. And we can see, we make the investment now for a long term. And that's why I fully support this this 
exploration of the bid moving forward. Okay, so I mentioned this earlier in the show, and I was poking a little bit of fun at them, calling that they should have they should call themselves the No Fun Group. But <laughs> uh, Alberta Institute, Common Sense Calgary, and Common Sense Edmonton have formed together. They're calling themselves the No Alberta 2030 Commonwealth Games. Now, their their actual stance is they oppose the use of taxpayer funding for a bid. I'm not sure if it's possible to to do this without taxpayer funding. Maybe I'm missing something. I don't know if you've spoken to any people in this group, but what would your message be to them? Yeah, and and I can understand the perspective. I also think it's unfortunate that before a bid is even explored that there's already a group coming forward saying no. That's just not the way I choose to live my life. I look to see opportunity, and I, I want the full exploration to happen to see what possibility lies within this. I think it could be a really great thing for our province. I do think that there is going to be taxpayer money that's going to be used, absolutely. But there's going to be legacy pieces, and it's it's not taxpayer money for a two-week party, as they claim. This is taxpayer money going towards improvements in infrastructure, in buildings, in, you know, uh, different things that can connect our cities. And my philosophy is sometimes you also have to put money towards something that is fun. <laughs> we pay money for a vacation, and it doesn't always have a return on that investment, but it does create um, joy. It creates community. It creates a sense of people coming together, and you can't put a dollar figure on that. You can't, but if you look at Calgary 88, looking back on the images of that and what it did and how it defined our city, that sense of sport volunteerism, that sense of people coming together together in celebration of something that unified us. There is value to that, and you can't put a dollar figure on that. So yes, there is other important um, economic things that need taxpayer dollars to go towards, and now is a tough time. I absolutely understand that. But this is also an opportunity for us to get funding from the feds and from the province into our municipalities that we wouldn't be able to get otherwise. They earmark this money, and that's something we have to think about. They have a mandate within government to uh, support big games. They, you know, we had Vancouver 2010 Olympics. We had the Pan Am Games in 2015. Like, there is government funding that is earmarked for this that's either going to go to it or it's not. And so why don't we want that to come into Calgary, into Edmonton, into the First Nations communities? And I'm really proud to say that from everything I've read and everything I've heard about this bid, this is a bid that's going to be done right. Um, this is going to be inclusive. It's not as um, one of the chiefs said at, at the opening conference was, this isn't just about the beads and the feathers for the First Nations communities. This is actually having um, integration. This is about having events happen on the reserve or have happen on the nation. And Putting lacrosse in, for example, is one of the things that we're talking about. So there's a great opportunity here for truth and reconciliation as well. I think it's it's worth the exploration. And at the end of the day, if it doesn't make financial sense, we don't do it. But I think we need to, at least before we say no, look at the opportunity ahead of us. Carl, I think uh, I don't think I have anything to add to that. That's very, very well said, and you obviously have a very informed perspective uh, from both your past and current roles. So thank you very much for sharing that. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, you're a pleasure to talk to, and uh, you make a lot of Canadians and Albertans proud with what you've done and what you are currently doing uh, in the sport of gymnastics. So thank you so much for that, and thank you for coming on the show. It was my pleasure, Reed. It's so good to talk to you, and I, I hope I can be on the show again. Right on. That is Kyle Schufelt checking in again, one of our country's uh, all-time greatest 
gymnast, an Olympic gold medalist, and uh, he told you why he is supporting, at least continuing to look into it, a joint bid for Edmonton and Calgary to host the 2030 Commonwealth Games. Inside Sports on Chet. is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. I named a dog after this song. A couple of tough goals against for Stuart Skinner in the first period last night. Shut the door the rest of the way. Here's Derek Ryan on his goalie. I think we've just slowly seen the confidence um, boil over him. You can you can sense that he's confident when he's going in the net, and having a confident goaltender is huge for the group in front of him. Um, we know he can make a big save when we need him to. He's done that a lot lately, and um, yeah, I mean he's just a great guy. He's a pro. He works hard. Obviously a young guy, but um, he's got it figured out. And Connor McDavid commenting on the Oilers' depth scoring and Skinner's performance. That's how you win. Uh, that's how you win when it matters most. It takes everybody, um, you know. And I thought, uh, you know, we got contributions, like you said, up and down the lineup. And you know, Stu stood tall. Um, you know, so that's how you win when it matters. Oilers and Maple Leafs tomorrow on 6:30. Chad, 3:30 for the face-off show. The puck will drop at seven in the NHL. The Panthers wind up beating Chicago 4-3 in overtime. Ducks and Flames scoreless at the start of the second period. Western Hockey League Oil Kings and Ice 2-2 at the start of the third. At the Briar, okay, NJ. Hope this shot happens in less than the 50 seconds we have left in the show. Manitoba skipped by Dunstone taking on the wild card team skipped by our very own Brendan Botcher. Uh, Botcher's up 3-2 in the tenth, and Dunstone is throwing the last stone of the 10th. So let's uh, watch it all together, or I will tell you what happens. He's going right down the center line. He, oh, fit through a tight opening. What a shot. What a shot by Dunstone to get three. So he moves directly to the 1-2 play, page playoff game. Botch is going to have to play a do-or-die game tomorrow. That way, like he did not have a lot of room to get between two uh, two center guards and then make a, a takeout to uh, to get the three. So Manitoba beats Botcher 5-3. Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of the show. Angie Quinnell is our studio producer. My name's Reed. Talk to you tomorrow at 3.30.